Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Oh, man, not again. <laughs> what up, Jay? Uh, been a while. I feel like a long time coming because we've been doing all these player interviews for a while and everything this whole this whole summer. But we haven't really got a chance to sit down and talk about the league for a while but i'm doing i'm doing good brother and just just over here in uh in toronto i feel like these days jay like in the in the summer especially like living in a place where you definitely you got like four seasons and stuff you gotta really really take advantage of these summer like hot weather days because when the winter comes it comes it comes, it, it comes in a, it comes in a wave how hot is it out there right now jay um it, it's actually cooler today the day we're recording but it's been like in the 80s um 30s i guess for for our folks over in you know like uh celsius but like fahrenheit it's been like 80 uh but it's humid the thing about toronto is real humid but Man. uh but yeah jay which about, what about you what, over here how you, how you doing over here in Cal- over here in cali jay over here in, in the bay it's labor day uh like it was labor day weekend so today is like a little Labor Day and all that, but uh, it's like record-breaking heat. It's going to be one thirteen today, at Ooh. least where or at least where I live in Antioch, California. It's going to be one thirteen. It's absurd, absurd, absurd. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Antioch's always like over East Bay is always a little hotter than yeah, like, like Oakley, Brentwood, Oakley, yeah. all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. burning up, Jay. <laughs> but you, but you know what else is burning up, Jay? The NBA, Jay. That's why we here and we got to talk about all this craziness going on in the, in the league. Uh, and uh, I mean, you know, you, you know what we like to do over here. We like to jump straight into it. Uh, but before we do that, all the family at home, we would appreciate if you guys could go ahead and smash that subscribe button, smash that like button, leave us a nice comment down below. Um, and we are, we are on the road to 200 subscribers before the end of the year, before the end of 2022. So if the family out there, you know, tell your cousins, tell your friends, tell your aunties, tell your mom, Tell everybody to subscribe, man. <laughs> exactly, huh, Jay? <laughs> exactly, man. So let's just jump straight into it, my brother. I think uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be a real NBA uh, talk show or NBA show, or we wouldn't even be real hoop heads if we didn't talk about that Donovan Mitchell trade first, Jay. So I, we haven't. I mean, we talked a little bit on the phone about it, but Jay, air out your feelings. How are you feeling about this? Who won? Um, are the Cavs really contenders now? Talk to me, Jay. Talk to me. Yeah, I think when we initial, first of all, huge move for, mm-hmm. for both teams. I feel like in Danny Ainge's head for Utah, he got all the picks that he wants. Like for him, it's a it's a win. It's clear that the direction they're moving, they're tanking, they're getting all the young assets they they can get. And from there, and, and we were talking about it earlier before this, before the show, before the recording about Utah and how I don't think they're done because they over there, they got Bogdanovich still on the roster, Mike Conley and uh, Jordan Clarkson, three guys who I don't see them starting the season with because those are three role players that really any contending team could use. Like Mike Conley, solid for all his injury problems, solid. Uh, backup starting caliber point guard I should say starting caliber point guard in the NBA and then Boyan Bogdanovich your Lakers (laughs) yeah yeah absolute sniper a guy who can space the floor so I look 
for for a team like the Lakers, who should be really interested in getting him because perfect guy to pair with a guy like LeBron, point guard who can get those type of guys open and would thrive in that offense. So I see him being on the move. And then uh, and then Jordan Clarkson, just a scorer off the bench. Any team could use a six man like that. Uh, so I, I look, Utah's not done is what I'm trying to say. So I think it's a win in the direction that they're going from their angle. And then on the Cavs side, Jay, I just see this as a win now move. Uh, it's clear that they're, they're trying to do it. And I, and I do, I, well, I don't see them, this move, putting them over the top as a serious contender. And when I say serious, I mean that they're going to be in the Eastern Conference finals, like a lock to be in there. I don't see them that, but I see this move as, Number one, they were, this is a team who was one game away from the playoffs last year. This for sure makes them, in my mind, a playoff team. So a top six seed, whether they're a top four seed remains to be seen. But I mean, I love the move. You get you get the score that you need at the two, at the at the shooting guard, which they didn't really have. They're playing Isaac Okor there, who's not certainly not on the level of Donovan Mitchell, but. Donovan Mitchell's an all-star, man. Anytime you can bring in an all-star, um, and I guess they got a little bit bigger technically, Jay. You, you, he's a he's an inch taller than Colin Sexton, so they kind of doubled down and said we're going to be a dynamic scoring, uh, playmaking backcourt with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, which I love. And then while it's while you're still small, I think the fact that you have uh, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen still there, which you got a couple of years ago. Colby Altman has just been doing a phenomenal job there, but he got hit those two guys and you still have that paint protection while you're giving up the size in your front and your backcourt. You have arguably like two of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest back uh, front courts in the NBA and those two, and you have those guys to funnel to your shot blockers and Evan Mobley, um, Jay. And, and then last point I'll make is, I look at this deal and I say, if you're the Cavs and how far you're going to go, that's why I'm not sure how good they're going to be is number one um, is, is a three. Who's going to be that three and not, they need a knockdown three and D uh, guy. Is it going to be Isaac Okoro? Is he going to take that third year uh, step that they need him to take remains to be seen. And then the key factor here is going to be Evan Mobley. Is he going to take a huge leap? Um, is he going to take that leap in this second year? If he can do that, then I have them as a lock as a top four seed, man. But Jay, a lot, a lot of unpack here. What do you, what do you think this, this deal does for the Cavs, man? A, a lot to unpack, but real quick, Jay, but before, before I give my thoughts on it, let me ask you though, between jazz and Cavs, who won though? In your opinion? Uh, that's a tough question because I would say, for what each is trying to do, they won. I don't know if there's a clear winner, but if you look at it from what you got, I think the Cavs did give up a lot of young assets. So, but, but the Utah's wants that, right? So they won in that sense. You got your draft picks, you got Lori marketing who I actually don't even think might, he might be on the move as well. I don't know if they're going to be keeping him because a lot of teams could use a shooter and a big body like Lori Markkinen uh, on a contending team. But then you look at it from just purely a, a standpoint of, of who got the best player in the deal, it would be Utah. Um, and then I forgot to even mention, Jay, Colin Sexton. I, I think he's, he, he was a good addition 
But I honestly don't even think he's going to stay in Utah because I think they could, a lot of contending teams could use him because he's a certified bucket getter, man. Dude's an animal. But I don't know necessarily if he's in the long-term plans for, for Utah, who's just trying to stack up on their assets and uh, re- rebuild over there. But I they really I, I just think it's it's for it's tough to answer because it's picture of what each team needs, right? Absolutely. Rebuild and then a team who's clearly now trying to contend. Absolutely. No, I'm 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 right there with you. I think that was a perfect way to answer it. Uh yeah, the Cavs got exactly what they needed. They needed to go win now after having that amazing season last year that really surprised everybody. I mean, we know we know my guy Evan Mobley do. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do. I do agree with you on that. How far the Cavs go this next year is how far, how much of a jump Evan Mobley is going to take. Um, shout out his brother Isaiah Mobley too for getting on the roster. I think that's super dope. Um, but what what I look at it at least from from when I when I first saw this from the jazz perspective, I just feel like you could have gone another direction. And like, I I've said this to you on the phone, you should have did a trade with the heat, man. I think, I think that the Miami heat would have been perfect. You could have not only got more assets, but you could, you could have got a player like Tyler hero. You could have got a player like uh, Victor Oladipo. You could have got a player like uh, the, the, the Caleb Martin, some of these young players that, that the heat have, I think they could have gone that direction because I mean, yeah, you're like how you said, Lori Marketing doesn't fit the timeline. If they're gonna go for that Victor Wamanyemba, whatever that guy's that name guy's is, name. if they're gonna mm-hmm. go for 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 him, like Lori Marketing doesn't fit doesn't fit the roster, doesn't fit the timeline. Um, Ca- Ca- Colin Sexton, good player. No, I, I totally agree with you. Bucky Getter, uh, dog, but is he a starting guard in the in, in the league or is he more of a of a backup? But yeah, Jay, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit of technical difficulties, but it's all good. A little bump in the road. <laughs> we'll keep it pushing. But um, Colin Sexton, I like him, but is he really a starting guard in this league? I don't think so, but also hasn't really had the chance. He's in, he was been playing behind Garland. And then when, you know, when Garland kind of took off, that was when, you know, Colin Sexton was out this last season. Uh, but I just feel like they might, um, the, the Cavs might have gave up also a bit too much in marketing because I, I really like that Twin Towers, to be real with you. Uh, I like they, they were kind of going back to, you know, back in like 2010, 2009, when teams used to run with the, you know, the four and the five were like, you know, the Twin Towers. Right. I think of like the Lakers with Paul Gasol and Andrew Bynum like that, that kind of style, man. Um, but to be real with you, Jay, I think it doesn't even make the Cavs a contender. It doesn't even like like how you said, uh, I don't think they're going to be better than a 76ers with James Harden coming back. They're definitely not going to be better than the Bucks. They're definitely not going to be better than the Celtics. I don't think they're going to be better than the Bulls. It's nitpicking with, with, with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, we, they're similar. They're very similar to the Toronto Raptors this year. I like that. I like that. Uh, AJ, as a matter of fact, tell the family what you told me the other day. I, I think that was a great analogy about Scotty Barnes and, and, and Evan Mobley and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that, that's, that's a good point about, I, it does, I definitely don't think it makes it them better than those teams. Uh, it also is interesting though, in the central division there, those are three, probably three playoff teams now with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Chicago Bulls, and now the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's a pretty stacked like uh, division in the East. But then what, what I had said, Jay, um, for our listeners, was that the for, between the Toronto Raptors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, two teams who are pretty close 
for a majority of the season in terms of seedings, the Raptors were able to pull away late uh, in, in the in the year and, and establish themselves as a certified, uh, solidified, excuse me, fifth seed in the Eastern Conference last year. But what I had said was the jump and the difference between the two teams is one, the rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes, his leap versus um, Evan Mobley and his second year leap, who was the runner up, obviously, for the rookie of the year. And I think whoever of those two makes a bigger leap, the t- either the Toronto Raptors or the Cleveland Cavaliers will be the better team in the higher seed in the regular season b- because of that. So it's going to be interesting and it's going to be a storyline uh, through throughout the season. Uh, who takes a bigger leap? And I, I you know, I'm pro Scotty Barnes. I think he was <laughs> extremely deserving of of the um, of that. And I just think that they have more versatility uh, one through five in terms of their lineup. And I think just Nick Nurse uses those well guys like extremely well. And I think Barnes, if I had to put my money on it right now, I think Barnes would take the bigger leap. Jay, but what do you uh, think of the two? Jay, you know, you already know. I know you're pro Mobley. <laughs> I know you're pro Mobley. This is a, Man, Jay's I, the biggest Evan Mobley guy, uh, I, future superstar guy I've ever. Seen. I love Evan Mobley, Jay. I mean, I think he he fits exactly what the 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 NBA uh, prototypical NBA player is like, is moving toward. You know, that seven foot dude who will put it on the ground, who can shoot the ball who could play some defense. He could slide his feet. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Evan Mobley, but I'm, I mean, I cannot lie, man. Scotty Barnes has been turning into a monster. And I mean, I think Scotty Barnes is the reason that uh, the, the, the Raptors took that jump last season and, you know, ended up as eventually surpassing the Cavs and, you know, taking a, t- taking that fifth seed. But I mean, it, yeah. it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a great storyline, and they're gonna be tagged for the rest of their careers. They're gonna be like tagged together. Like when you talk about Mobley, you have to talk about Scotty, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. In fact, and 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 when I look at it too, uh, between the two, and I look at their mentality, and you see the their style of play, like grit and grind, is what I think the Scotty Barnes like a workhorse. He's going to do a skilled of the two players. If you're looking from strictly just a basketball player, right? He's, a, he, I would say he's a better shooter of the two right now. And just pure, just kind of a Kevin Durant kind of feel for the game straight out of straight out of USC, right? And Scotty Barnes, obviously from Florida State. And I just feel like right now I, for Evan Mobley, he, he hasn't proven to me that he's the aggressor. He's the attacker right now. I feel like he's more of a, passive feel whereas scotty barnes is in your shit you know he's ready to go he's got that dog mentality and it's part of this the culture that's been built nick nurse guy as well but i think even coming out of college he was just more just war ready right now so that's why i give him the edge too in terms of overall mindset jay of the two but jay real quick We need to talk about another deal that Adrian Wojnarowski reported on that Utah apparently turned down. And while I don't know if this is true, I want to see what you feel about this deal. So uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said at the start of the trade talks in July, New York offered Utah a package, uh, a Donovan Mitchell, excuse me, they offered a package for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, that included R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round draft picks, Jay. The Jazz turned that down, uh, and then Robinson signed a $60 million extension. That is, the Knicks signed him to a, 
a $60 million extension after they turned that, that deal, Jay. And then they obviously uh, re-signed RJ Barrett to the bag for uh, five years, I believe, 100 trillion mil or four years, 100 trillion mil. But Jay, what do you think? Uh, Utah should have accepted that deal. How are you feeling about that deal, man? I mean, that's better than what they got, in my opinion. I mean, they they you're telling me RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, and a shot blocker like Mitchell Robinson. I'm taking that every day over Colin Sexton and and Laurie Markkinen and a couple of picks, to be honest with you, because that's just way more wiggle room to then if you wanna if you wanna play with if you wanna play with those players like as far as trading them, or if you wanna say RJ, he's, he's a, I think RJ Barrett's my age. He's like 22, 23. He's a he's very, not, yeah. he's a very young cat. He he can fit the timeline of Victor uh, Wemenyamba. You know what I'm saying? He uh, Obi Toppin. I believe he's a year younger than me, so uh, I could 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 fit also in that timeline. Uh, in my opinion, the the Utah Jazz definitely shot themselves in the foot uh, by doing that and then taking this. Uh, but I mean, unless Donovan Mitchell said I don't want to go to New York, which could be the case you know maybe they're 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 doing right by him but as far as like if you're looking just organization stands stands uh point i think they should have took that in my opinion what, what, do you, what do you feel you agree or you disagree yeah i i always i i think that's a great deal i think rj barrett you two-way wings and, and guys of that of that size and that build are so hard to come by so anytime you can get a, a guy like that those are the type of t- players that teams look to build around now, right? The, your franchise centerpiece. I'm not sure if RJ Barrett is going to be that guy, but he could definitely be a second, third option right now. He showed flashes, he showed glimpses, and he definitely improved on on uh, in his third year last year uh, with the Knicks. So I think he's only going to get better, um, especially as he, he progressed and was really – after a certain point, I think in January, February, he was, you could argue he was the number one option after Ju- Julius Randle kind of took a step back after his mo- most improved campaign um, in 2020, 2021 season. So I think you definitely, if you're Utah, you make that deal. But it's like now we hear that after this deal happened, you know, New York's reporting that this they, tur- they turned down uh, this offer that is Utah. So I don't even know if this is necessarily true or it's something that the New York front office is is saying to like kind of cover their their asses, right? And say that they made this deal to Utah and the Jazz were the ones to turn it down. So it's looking like they couldn't, instead of like making the fact that they couldn't get a deal done or couldn't come to agree with Utah. So maybe hearsay, I don't know. But if the deal was there, I think Utah should have definitely taken it because you still get the draft picks and you get three great young players in um and Obi Top and Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett. So man, I'm right there with you, my brother. Utah Jazz, uh, we really gonna have to talk to our guy Greg from the unsalvageable man to yes. let him to, to tell let us know how you're feeling, man. But for now, Jay, we're gonna keep it pushing and get to uh, another team who had a you know a pretty big move this offseason. Uh the Lakers, man. Uh they traded they traded THT for Patrick Beverly. Um clear, clear win now move. I know you hit me up right when that happened. Uh, as a Lakers fan, I mean, I'm 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 happy because it's a, it's a win now. LeBron LeBron is, but how many more the more years of Le- LeBron dominance do we have? Uh, I mean, people said he he would have been done a couple of years ago, but he's gonna you know he's gonna keep going. But 
so THC doesn't fit the timeline. I, I absolutely get it. Clear win now move. Um, I like it. Uh, Patrick Beverly is just a, tip, a player you can take on any team, right? Like anyone, anyone wants to just a, a dog that's just going to, you know, play defense and, you know, get run up and down the court, dive on loose balls. Um, so that was, that was, that was, that was cool. You know, say a little sad to see THT go, but he also wasn't really panning out to the player that um, a lot of Lakers fans thought that he would, he, he would pan out to um, another, n- another move uh, from the Lakers that I liked was also, you know, getting Lonnie Walker. Uh, I think that was, that was, that's a perfect, uh, like a, a perfect, like scoring guard for them. I know I kind of relate back to, to Dennis Schroeder. I, I liked him a lot. I mean, he was asking for a lot of money for that. He can go, but to get a player like Lonnie Walker, bouncy, uh, able to, able to put the ball in the basket when, the, when LeBron's not out there. I like that move a lot. Um, but Jay, talk to me real quick about those moves. And then, you know, we'll get into that. They had a little bit of some minor moves as well too. Uh, but talk to me about how those, those two moves and how you feeling about them. Yeah. And, and, and just a little addition to that deal, which I think is a little bit of a loss for the Lakers, um, with Stanley Johnson. I really mm-hmm. loved his addition to the Lakers, um, after the season, because like another, none of one of those guys, like I mentioned with RJ Barrett, but he, I would say Stanley Johnson's a better defender right now is because that's something that he prides itself on the defensive end. But he's one of those two-way guys when he's knocking down the shot, which he struggles with a little bit. That's why he's been in and out of the league. But I think they're going to miss him on the wing because he was a capable wing defender to put in another big body uh, to guard an- another team's kind of best uh, perimeter offensive player. But I think they're going to miss him. But yeah, you look at THT for, for Patrick Beverly, if we're just kind of doing one for one, man. Um, on, on the year last year, THT was shooting 41% from, from the field, which you want to see higher, especially at, with his athleticism ability to get to the rim. I think we saw him settling a lot, man. But with a field goal, uh, three-point field goal percentage of 26%, and then you flip it over to Patrick Beverly, who shot similar um, from the field goal, from the field, from field goal percentage um, was 40%. And then from the three point line, this is with a huge jump, Jay, 8% better at 34% clip um, from the outside. And who are you pairing with him? Who are you pairing him with next year? And that's LeBron James, Jay, one of the best passers in the NBA, consistently a great uh, playmaker who can see the whole floor. And he's just another spacer, a uh, floor spacer, with the late which the Lakers need right especially if you look at the Lakers a guy like who they need to shoot better which is Anthony Davis as Jay as you know who hasn't shot the ball well since he left the bu- bubble but to pair to have around those guys Patrick Beverly now I think it's a great addition and then like you mentioned when he's at his best he's able to roam around be a defensive pest which any team could use and especially the Lakers who were struggled defensively. So you're bringing him in and, uh, and another character guy, another great character guy, as you saw in, in Minnesota and which the Lakers kind of struggled with, struggled with their identity last year and who better, what a better person to bring in from a basketball standpoint. I don't know about Patrick. I'm not talking about the dudes off court antics and, and anything like that. Cause I, I'm quest- in question of those at times, but I'm, from a pure basketball standpoint, Patrick Beverly is a great guy uh, to have on the floor uh, for, for the Lakers. So I love that move. And I don't think they're done. 
Um, like I mentioned, Utah, I, I'm, I'm expecting them to maybe p- get one of those veteran pieces, the boy on Bogdanovich, uh, maybe even Mike Conley, if, uh, if the Utah's willing to just eat uh, Westbrook's uh, contract potentially and get the first round picks and the picks that the Lakers need to give up because it's win now mode. You got a 37, 38 year old LeBron James um, in still playing great basketball. And then Anthony Davis in his prime. So it's clear win now mode with this move, but I'm interested to see what other moves and corresponding moves that they make. Maybe it's getting going, getting uh, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, which I think would be a great move uh, for the Lakers. But as as we know, Jay, last thing on this, the Lakers season is contingent upon two things and two players. Number one, Anthony Davis, if he's healthy and he's able to play, and LeBron James, if he's healthy and he's able to play, the Lakers are simply going to be contenders just because of that. Don't matter if they've got the mailman, if they've got a dude off the street playing in that lineup. If Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy and they're playing basketball, the Lakers got a shot. So man. I saw and, that's that's a fact. And 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 Anthony Davis, man, I, as I, as a Lakers fan, I'm personally like starting to get a little frustrated, man, because it's it it, it was just. It was, I feel like, you know, I'm not on the court, but I just, I feel like I could see when somebody not going to hundred, I've seen him the 2020 year versus this last year. You know, I know he dealt with some injuries and all that, but just also, you know, wasn't this never took the smartest shots. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, right there with you, Jay. It definitely depends on Anthony Davis and whether he decides to bring it or not, man. Cause when he decides to bring it, he's like, I think arguably a top three center in the league. Uh, but is he going to bring it? That's, you know, that's, that's the biggest question. Uh, so which, which is why I like, you know, the Lakers a little bit of background moves, you know, they got Thomas Bryant. He was back on the Lakers. Uh, he, 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 he's been dealing with some injuries as well too. So great to have him back. Um, and then Dwight Howard, I know he hasn't came back yet, but you know, hopefully he comes back as an unrestricted free agent, uh, but hopefully the Lakers are able to get him to come back, man. But yeah, the Lakers got to go, got to go all win uh, all in now hopefully get rid of Westbrook, man. But, mm-hmm. but, but that's, that, that's the life in Lakers land right now. Yeah, man. What, what do you think about the, the Westbrook and um, Patrick Beverly? We saw LeBron saying he's getting, we saw him respond to that tweet about, I can't wait for him to, to shut all these haters up. And then Patrick Beverly saw, he said, yeah, I can't wait either. Um, but what do you think about that dynamic of them having beef in the past, right? Like we saw, we know Patrick Beverly injured, um, Westbrook on reaching in and hurt his knee a while back. They've knowingly had beef. West, uh, Westbrook has said he's just out there running around that famous quote. He's just out there running around. He don't let them, don't let him fool you. But what do you think about that dynamic in the locker room? If Westbrook's, uh, eventually is going to stay on the team. Man, if West if if Westbrook stays, I think as LeBron as the coach, the second the second Patrick Beverly gets in LA, you meet, go to dinner, go meet them up, be like, look, as two grown men with the goal of winning, you guys need to f- squash this, handle it. If you guys really have beef, if it was just for the media, okay, that's fine. If you guys really have beef, you really don't like him, you really don't like him, you guys need to handle it because you like you, you guys need to talk it out. You got you're. I think there's only two players in NBA history that were able to really not like each other and, and win. And that was Kobe and Shaq, but that's because that's Kobe and Shaq, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and they were able to put their differences aside because they knew 
the bigger goal at, at, at hand. And Patrick Beverly and Russ Westbrook are far from Kobe and Shaq. So I think that if they're going to play on the team, man, you can't have a disliking for them. You know, that doesn't have to be your best friend mm-hmm. that you don't, it doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to go get dinner with him every day, but squash that beef, make sure you guys are cool moving forward. Cause you can't win in, in the league when you got teams like, you got great organizations like the Golden State Warriors. Everybody love each other from top to bottom. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not going to be able to beat a team that got chemistry like that. Um, so I, I think you absolutely got to squash that out. But it, as a Lakers fan, I'm hoping that the the Jazz eat up Russell Westbrook's contract and Lakers are able to pull in a player like Mike Conley, a point guard to run a team so LeBron doesn't have to be that that point guard. Because at this point, they still don't have – they still really don't have a point guard. I wouldn't consider Patrick Beverly a point guard to run a team. I consider him a off the guard, uh, off the bench. Um, come put a fire up, put a flat of fire under the team with his with his uh, with his hustle. Russell Westbrook, he's a he's a point guard, but more of more of a two. You know, he does he doesn't really mm-hmm. facilitate that much. And again, you got to have shooters around LeBron. So really hoping Russell Westbrook gets off this team. Man, to be real with you, <laughs> yeah. But, but but yeah, Jay, um, let's keep it pushing and let's get to the Nets, Jay. Kevin Durant staying in Brooklyn. I mean, this guy is just full of drama. That team is just full of drama. Uh, but talk to me, Jay, how are you feeling about them? I know every time you have a player like Kevin Durant, you obviously have a chance, but are they are they are they really contenders against a, a Bucks or Celtics? How are you feeling? That's that's so yeah, it's so dependent on if number one, Ky- Kyrie and KD. This is another team, Ky- and and Ben Simmons as well. This is another team that just when their their guys are playing, when those three guys are playing, like we we haven't seen Ben Simmons play basketball in two years though. But if they're those guys are playing, they have a chance, right? They really have a chance to compete and be at the top of the East because. I just simply think the the greatness of those two guys, especially KD for all uh all the things, I won't even say if necessarily he's creating the drama, but uh the, all the things that are surrounding him. You know, media also makes up narratives and stuff to fit, to fit a certain thing, but he he's involved in it one way or another with his doing with with him knowingly or unknowingly being a part of that. But I think when he's at his best and he's playing basketball, he's extremely hard to stop. Um one of the best, if not the best in the game, to be honest. So uh, I think if he's playing and Kyrie are playing basketball, they have simply have a chance to be a force to be reckoned with a top four seed in the East. And then not to mention uh, Joe Harris is, is most likely going to be coming back an offensive weapon and a capable defender that they missed. Oh, so greatly last year um, during the season after his ankle injury and then you, I, I like the addition, or not addition, addition by subtraction, basically of Patty Mills um, coming back. Who they have, uh, and then, and then I think Ben Simmons for all his drama that he surrounds him, having him in that lineup, Jay is going to be huge for them. Um, he's a guy who's going to probably be playing some on ball, some off ball. If he's in the dunker spot and he's w- willing to be there, um, cut, move without the ball. Uh, and and KD takes on that playmaking role, Jay. I, I just l- simply think that the Nets uh, can be great. And I will add that Steve Nash is definitely on the hot seat. I, I think Joe Sy, his, his 
he's not willing to admit it, but I think he's, it's kind of obvious at this point, he wasn't the right guy for the job, but he's going to be on the hot seat. If they, if the Nets get off to a poor start and they're not, you know, one of the top teams, at least, at least winning basketball games at the start of the season, I think he's Steve Nash is gone and they're going to bring in a coach who, who knows how to win games and has a proven track record. Uh, I think that's kind of one of the only faults they got right now, Jay. But what do you think about the Nets and KD returning ultimately all this? And it's just a return. Man, Jay, I mean, I think I think you said you summed it up perfect, Jay. When you have uh, talents like KD and Kyrie on the court together, you, you got a shot. You, you, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how you mentioned with that, you know, LeBron and AD thing. You, you just got a chance. Like there's just two great players. But I just I, – I don't know. When, when, when I look at up and down that roster, I don't see like, – like I know they, they also brought in T.J. Warren. I know they, I, they got T.J. Warren, Joe, uh, Joe Harris. Uh, so I, I just don't really see how it's going to work out. Ben Simmons is going to absolutely have to play in that dunker spot. He, I hope that the world has now caught up to speed and realized that Ben Simmons is not a point guard – he may be able to dribble the ball, but he's not Magic Johnson. Like he just he just can't do it, and that's not what he is. Uh, he needs to play more of that. Just be the defender and uh, being there at that dunker spot. Uh, but ultimately, Jay, I if it came down to it, I would not have the Nets beating the Celtics in the seven game series, especially now the Celtics have experience. You, my my brother, you always talk about scar tissue. The Celtics just got one of the biggest scar tissues. They got one of the biggest lessons of their life, you know, losing to a great dynasty like the Warriors who built that scar tissue. Um, the Bucks, I don't have the, I don't have the Nets being able to beat out the Bucks. 76ers, it may get tough, man. It, it, it fully depends on what James Harden we're going to see. You know, James Harden is arguably one of the best pick and roll players. Joel Embiid, one of the best pick and roll rollers uh so you 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 met you match them up and you match up players like uh pj tucker we shout out pj tucker getting a bag at 37 uh but you know players who kind of are glue guys that, that, that are gonna do it all your guy tyrese maxi we don't know what kind of jump he's gonna take this year uh last year he was definitely uh it's caught a lot of people by surprise not you i'm not gonna lie you did call it you did call uh tyrese maxi um and 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 his come up man but i just i just don't you know the nets may may be a top five seed but what i always say when we know when i talk about go bear it's like you could be the greatest regular season team but if you're not competing for championships like what are you doing right you're just you're just kind of wasting time so we're 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 gonna see with the nets man but me personally, I have a strong disliking for that team. <laughs> strong disliking, yeah. man. Bunch of prima donnas. That's that. That's all I. That's all I got for them. But all right, Jay. Someone, let, let's keep it pushing, Jay. Let's talk about the other team over here in LA, and that's the Clippers. Uh, getting John Wall via free agency, which is perfect. Like absolutely best team you could have put him on. Uh, the Clippers are going to be scary, scary, scary this next season. Um, my only concern is at that center position. St- I still think they are only running Zubox, which I, you know, when you pat- pair up against other bigs in the league, I think he's going to get dominated in eight. But with a two way player like Paul George, two way player like Kawhi freaking Leonard, and then John Wall, who's got a lot to prove, man, he's got a lot to prove coming back. Uh, I think the Clippers are, are, are a scary team. And don't, don't, don't let me forget about uh, Robert Covington. And uh, and all the autumn glue pieces, 
But um, unfortunately, I think unfortunately, Jay, I, I gotta admit it as a Lakers fan, I think I think this next this next season it's gonna the LA is is gonna be Clipper Town for this next season unless unless AD could bring it unless AD could bring it and and he could be that 2020 AD um, then unfortunately I think this it might be LA it might be Clippers land this next season to be real wow 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 I gotta you're, be you're honest, anointing Jay. you're I anointing the the clip I, I I'm I'm really not too I'm not really ready to anoint them. The, the Kings of LA yet because, and, and it's a few things, few, few reasons why uh, I think that number one, we haven't seen a healthy Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, unfortunately for such a long time. So it's contingent upon their health. And another fact is we haven't really seen John Wall pe- play and be healthy for three, three, four years, man. This dude's been in and out of basketball. Yeah. And yes, he could have played last year, but he still didn't play, go through a whole season of playing NBA basketball and then was injured for the season uh, for majority of the season the year before that. Uh, and then was out, I believe, when he was with uh, the Wizards for a whole season. Yeah. yeah, the Wizards before he went to Houston. So that I do expect him. We've seen all the offseason video workouts, the Rico Hine runs, um, playing all this. He's looking good, good because looking he has good. fresh legs. And and I, I do think he's going to be he's going to start the season out hot. The first 23, 25 games, there's going to be the noise of John Wall's really back. He's here to stay. And I think it might just be one of those things. The dude's got fresh legs where I do will we we're going to start to see him maybe struggle a bit is after he's got, you know, their 25, 20 games uh, deep into the season right around November, December, and those wheels are going to be getting a little, the air might be coming out of the tires a little bit for, for John Wall. So he might start struggling, but I do expect the Clippers uh, to come out hot, but I just, I'm, I'm worried about the track record that we've seen of the stars of PG Kawhi. And then even so Robert Covington, man, I, people hype him up to be, such a dynamic role player and uh and everything and even the statistics might point to him being that but you know as much as stats jay i'm an eye test guy we're all eye test guys and we know that stats don't always tell the whole picture when i see robert covington on the floor i I don't really i'm not blown away by how great of a role player he is i think he definitely has his deficiencies uh, on the basketball floor so i'm not completely sold on him uh, as a, as a floor, but I do love Norman Powell off the bench. I love uh, Nicholas Batum. Um, Reggie Jackson uh, will be, will be most likely coming off the bench unless they're pairing those two in the back card of Wall and, and Jackson. So they got a lot of weapons, man. I even think of v- Vita Zubac, uh, Zubac, as you mentioned, he's grown and developed um, as a player Ever since he's 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 been in LA, shout our shout out our guy, Coach Chad Bell, uh, Lake uh, LA Clippers um, player development coach, who we've had on 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 the show most recently in our last episode. If you haven't uh, go and ch- go had a chance to check out that episode, go check it out. But he's been working with him, um, and it's clear and it shows because Zubac's game has pr- progressed, and he's a solid, nothing great, nothing spectacular, and definitely not bad, but right, just an average, good starting caliber center in a 
for a competing team in the NBA. And I think that's all you need if you're the Clippers. You need from that position. He doesn't do too much. He knows his role. And that's what you need on on a, a, a contending team. And Ty Luge, I think he's one of the, the one of the, an underrated and one of the better coaches in the NBA. So they have that on their side. With all that being said, Jay, the health, the question marks, John Wall hasn't really played basketball in about two, three years. Um, and the role players, I think all of those are question marks, but they should be a good, solid top four, top three seed uh, in the regular season this season. But still question marks and I'm not completely sold on them, Jay. And, 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 and that's why, you know what I'm saying? Cause I know, I know probably, you know, uh, junior and my, my, my Lakers fans out there like, dang, John, you just see this switching up like that. Now yeah. I'm not, it ain't even a switch up. I just don't think realistically that, I mean, it, unless I see a different AD, I got to go off what I've seen last season. And unless I see a 2020 AD, I don't know if the Lakers are like how you said, going to be able to be a top three seed. I, and I can, if the Clippers pan out, because I, I I hear what you're saying on John Wall, and I definitely do have my concerns on him. But I think players like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I think I'm not saying that they're the same level of Kevin Durant. So people relax. I'm not saying Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are the same level of Kevin Durant, but I think that they're at the same superstardom to where they can come back. They, and they're going to come back from these injuries, and they're going to be. I think you know may may slow up, start get a slow start to the season, and maybe like. 80 70 percent of what they were but I think that they're going to be able to make a huge you know a, a huge comeback and be at least you know 95 to to you know 99 percent of you know what they really were uh and I really do like uh like how you mentioned their role players and I honestly forgot about Reggie Jackson to be honest he really carried that team last mm-hmm. season uh so to have him uh paired up with Kawhi with Paul uh with Paul George coming back uh norman powell also forgot about him he's a huge off the bench terrence player, man so. solid terrence too. man yeah honestly Jay, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they got they, a solid bench the clippers, they're, they're yeah. solid the, the clippers, clippers are, are solid, solid jay that's why that's they why got I, really, a solid yeah. I think yeah they st- they even still got got got, got Mar- uh, Mar- marcus morris too so yeah the, yeah that i saying I, all these players oh, though, man, yeah. jay, i'm low-key getting the clippers scared are as a deep, fan. The clippers are, yeah the clippers are no <laughs> very deep and you, y'all see them uh i think what the 17th the second night of the season or maybe the two nights in the season. I know you see him early in the season there. But yeah, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that. It's going to be yeah, interesting to see sure. uh, early on in the season how those two teams fare. But, yeah, the Clippers are very, got a very good roster for sure. Man, all right, Jay. So let, let, let's go ahead, keep it pushing. Um, we've, we, we know we've touched on this a little bit for, you know, the Celtics. Uh, they were able to acquire uh, Malcolm Brogdon, which I think is great. Um, it's exactly what what they needed i think they needed a point guard to to kind of calm the team down at times at times the uh we talk about marcus smart um being not really much of a point guard to run a team uh kind of remind me more of a patrick beverly but i'd say a little bit better on the offensive end uh and malcolm brogdon now can be that player to run the team um when when they're kind of feeling chaos and they're just like jason tatum go do something jalen brown go do something malcolm brogman now can be that player to set the play, set the offense up and get them going which is great uh but they did lose danilo gallinari man which is so which hurts very bad i i like i know danilo gallinari really? that uh but i know i know he's old but he's bro he's one of them pieces that he knows how to score he knows how to put the ball in the basket and i think that that's that, that's definitely gonna you know hurt him a bit 
Um, and it, and I just I, I'm super upset to see these players like him, check um, Houghton, check Holmgren getting hurt in like off season things, man. Like this, these like year uh, the, the FIBA uh, qualifying World Cup, these like Euro baskets or these pro AM games. And I mean, we talk about this off the phone, Jay, but I'm mean, we talk about this off camera on the phone one day. But I just think that you know in a couple of years there's not going to be none of these little off season games, Jay, because people are getting hurt and it's just it's. It's not it, man. It's just not it. Yeah, I I, I think I, I thought about it more after we talked, Jay, and I, I actually kind of took a step back, though, because I said, you know, yes, they're playing all these games. Yes, they're playing like the program and stuff. But if you're not getting hurt there, obviously, you never want a guy to do to get hurt or, or to stay healthy. But it, you could get hurt in training. You could get hurt in a pickup game. And you're. it's not like you're not going to be playing. Right. You got to get runs in and get those game type of situations anyway. So I think it's just naturally going to happen. Unfortunately, like injuries in the off season are just always going to be a thing, whether it's getting hurt and uh, European, like for Danilo Gallinari was playing overseas with the, the Italian national team, or it's getting hurt in the open gym. You take a weird, uh, a weird angle in a, in a training session. So I think, I think I love I love the offseason, all these pro and games. And I just think just injuries are just always going to happen, regardless of it's in a pickup game or thing. So I took it back. Jay. I, I took I took kind of took back what we were saying. And I said, just injuries are just always going to be a part of the game, no matter and kind of unavoidable, whether it's in a pickup game, a pro am or anything, man. And maybe don't try to contest LeBron next time he's driving through. The- <laughs> nah, hey, nah. I mean that was just an unfortunate situation. I mean, you got a dude two fifty or whatever LeBron is coming at you, man. You're not gonna back down because it's just naturally as a basketball player, you're locked in on the game and you're not thinking this is a summer league game, right? So just unfortunate freak accident, uh, freak injury, man. But always a part of the game, unfortunately. Man, that's what I, that's what that's what comes with the game. Um, but yeah, Jay, um, casualty the game. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what that's what it come with, man. But yeah, Jay. So let's go ahead and keep it pushing. Um, Hawks we talked about this a little bit as well. They got Dejounte Murray. Does that really make him a contender, though, Jay? I don't. I don't. Me to me, it doesn't. Mm. To me, it doesn't. He needs. I think it makes him maybe a top. I don't. I don't even know if it makes it better than Cleveland. Now that you look at that deal. Um, and, and how what they got I, and I and I think both are throughout their career they've been ball dominant guards so one of them's going to need to take its uh, backseat Trey Young has talked about being willing to play off the ball and let DeJounte Murray run the show which he's been accustomed to doing um, in San Antonio throughout his whole career so I don't know one of them's gonna have to take a seat so but to answer your question I don't see it making taking them any further than they have been or, or will be and pushing them anywhere past like a fifth, sixth seed um, in the East. Because the as we've been talking about, all the teams we listed up talking about earlier with the Cavs, I don't think it makes them a better team than any of those, like the even like the Brooklyn's, the Boston's, uh, the Phillies, yeah. uh, Miami. I don't think it makes it better than them. Uh, Toronto. We know they're pra- Toronto. Make a big jump. I don't think it. I don't think it makes it better than them. Uh, so, yeah, I, they're right on the cusp of being a 60, man. I don't even – I might give them the nod of not being in the play-in, but 
other than that, I don't. I gotta think... see it. I gotta see it, Jay. Uh, on on, yeah. on paper, I I just I don't see how it's gonna work. I gotta see it. Um, Trey Young is an extremely ball dominant player. Dejounte Murray is extremely ball dominant player. I gotta see it, man. So I'm right there mm-hmm. with you, Jay. Um, let's keep it pushing, Jay, to my one of my about at least last season. One of my second, you know, my second teams was the Chicago Bulls, Jay. Uh, they didn't do what they really needed to do. They they needed a a, a real big uh, that can they needed a, a Christian Wood. They, that, that's what they needed, in my opinion. But they ended up getting Andre Drummond from free agency, which is not isn't is not bad, but definitely better than uh, Tristan Thompson. Uh, and then I loved their I, I even texted you this day. I love their rookie uh, D- uh, Daylon Terry. He's an 18th pick. I've been watching a lot of Rico Hines. He's nasty. But then again, the NBA, Rico Hines, two, two, two totally different worlds. Um, but Jay, talking about the Bulls, um, are, does, this make them, does this make them any more of a contender? Or are they kind of the same place they were last season? Uh, I think it makes them a little better. I think they're just naturally going to be better because of uh, Lonzo Ball. Hope We hope that he's healthy and he's able to withstand the wear and tear of an NBA season because – He's had a tough, uh, rough go of it, especially early on in his career of staying healthy. But him adding him defensively uh, to that backcourt, you know, when he's paired up with Alex Caruso and then uh, with DeMar, obviously he took a huge step forward in his uh, when, when here's career after he, he left uh, San Antonio and came to to the Chicago and had, you know, historic career year last year. Uh, and then you pair him with Zach Levine. I think just having those backcourt and that backcourt healthy is going to be huge. But Andre Drummond, it does help um, because they just got bullied and abused by Milwaukee and had no answer for the big men um, and of, of Giannis and were, and were just had no answer in the paint. So I think it does help with them. He's not a starting caliber big in the NBA, but definitely a solid backup. So I do like the addition of it. I still don't think it addresses the problem of them fully having a rim protector jay but i think it's a little better of an upgrade i don't know how much better it makes them but i will say for chicago a lot of their address uh questions could be answered on the development of one uh i'm now blanking on his name right patrick williams uh if his if he, he takes a step offensively because we've seen the capability uh of him defensively but if he can take a step um, and become a more of a consistent shooter, an outside shooter, a guy who has a Kawhi-esque sort of game. We're, we're not comparing the two, but a similar game. But if he can take a step, that will be huge for the Bulls and it'll make them more of a formidable uh, borderline contender in the East. And they could potentially sneak into, you know, being like a fourth or or fifth seed and then maybe taking down like a team like the Sixers in a first round, right? If they're able to get like a higher seed, right? And they can take down and upset uh, a a higher seed like that. So it's contingent really, I will say upon the development of Patrick Williams, which is is weird to say, because you know what you're going to get at this point from Zach Williams, right? Uh, Sorry, excuse me, Zach Levine. Um, He's a high, capable scorer, a capable shooter, DeMar DeRozan, we know what he is at this point in his career, a certified like mid-range elite score, right? Um, and then Vucevic, kind of a down year to begin the year and then uh, pick things back up. So 
I think the Bulls are going to be a little better if everyone's able to stay healthy, which is hard to say in an 82-game regular season schedule. But for the majority of the season, I think the Bulls will be a little bit of, bit of a better team. And then if Patrick Williams is able to take that jump, Jay, they could uh, be a formidable, bad first-round matchup for like a higher seed because I think they're like four, five-seed range right now as it sits, in my opinion. What about Man. you, Jay? Man, Jay, Jay, I can't, I, I can't describe it any better than that, Jay. You just broke down the Bulls, what we you know, what they needed, and exactly, uh, what you know, what it is that that that's, that happened and and will happen. And, and I'm I'm right there with you with everything that you said, Jay. Um, I I do I, I kind of honestly Loki forgot about how much they got beat up by the Bulls uh, by the Bucks last season. I, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. So. That does that Andre Drummond does bring me a little bit more like you know safety to him because see that's a big dude he's a, he's a he's a big guy yeah he's 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 not gonna go for none but he, he also can't he also not gonna be able to keep up with the speed of a Giannis he can't be able yeah. to keep up with speed of like that so not the answer but also the the Walmart the Walmart version of the answer mm-hmm. you know the knockoff answer yeah yeah and Jay they were they were a Demar Derozan historic game uh, too and Milwaukee away from getting swept, honestly. Man. So uh, so this will make them a little bit of a better, like, that's why I said, like, you could take one, two games off of Milwaukee. Hopefully they don't play them in the first round. You want to be a higher seed because I anticipate Milwaukee being like a one, two seed um, at the lowest this season. So, uh, yeah, B- the Bulls um, are looking up, I would say, but not too much up from, from last year. And they started out hot last year, right? They so. did. They did start out hot, man. Man, I'm right there with you, brother. So let's go ahead and keep it pushing. Let me get to the next move. And this has hands down been a sleeper for me. For me. One of my favorite moves is uh, for the Mavs, man. They got Christian Wood. I think it's going to be a huge difference maker. Um, Luca, he was really running pick and rolls with Maxi Kleba and getting it done and torching teams. But now he's going to be running pick and roll with Christian Wood. Who can who can you know uh, catch the lob? Who can shoot the pick and pop? I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm very happy for Luca to have that to ha- have that have that pick good pick and roll partner. And then they also you know picked up Javale in free agency, uh, which you know Javale is not a huge needle mover, but as a Warriors fan and as a Lakers fan, we know Javale gets it done off the bench. He come in do the do uh do do the gritty work do the do the little things uh you know catch those catch those really high up lobs because I mean he's, he's a seven footer who's got some balance man so um great also great defender off you know off the bench center uh, I love that I love that move for the Mavs and I think that's gonna be a huge difference maker for just giving Luca that partner well how you feeling about the Mavs dude? Yeah, I, I I like this move, maybe not as much as you um, with Christian Wood, because he's had, really had his ups and downs. And I just he hasn't been a proven winner, right? He's lost everywhere he's been in his career. So is he going to make the Mavericks that much better? Just off his track record, you have to say no. But I do on the counter to that, um, he is paired with Luka Doncic. So maybe he could, like you said, Jay, Luka Luka, your boy, could unlock him a bit, right? Um And that's what you're hoping. Mark Cuban's hoping. Um, Jason Kidd, a great, another great mentor. We saw him bring the best out of a lot of players. We saw him bring the best out of Luca, honestly, best season of his career last year, and take this team that no one had foreseen making the Western Conference Finals. So, a best situation 
for Christian Wood, he's coming to a winner because that's literally that's what they are. We can't take it away from them. They this team did make the Western Conference Finals uh, last season, fluke or not, whether you think it or not, they were in the Western Conference Finals. So uh, anytime you can get an addition like that, uh, that's big. And then, like you said, JaVale McGee, Jay, uh, we know proven champion, two-time champion uh, with, with the Lakers and the Warriors, but he's a guy who got his bag. So I'm happy for the dude, JaVale, um, securing his bag, especially uh, journey journeyman career he's had and I also think he has a chance it's probably going to sound crazy but I think he has a chance to come in day one and be the starter uh, because Christian Wood while he has played the five in his career I think he's better as a four um, and having the versatility that way and uh, he struggled sometimes with foul trouble throughout his career and I think it puts him as a kind of a disadvantage because if you're banging defensively with a five and taking all that, those bumping and bruising uh, with, on the defensive end, it might take away from the offensively what Christian Wood is capable of uh, capable of doing because he's not the biggest guy, right? He's more of a finesse um, and, and athletic kind of player and skilled player. So if you put in JaVale McGee and you have him, even if he's playing only 24, 25 minutes, and then you're getting a guy like uh, – Maxi Kleba, who you mentioned, getting your other guys in there, Dwight Powell, um, who was more of a, just a spot starter, because then they would get in Maxi Kleba right away. He'd pay like, what, five, four minutes, and then he's subbing in and acting more of a six-man anyway. So I'm going to say Jamel McGee, day one, Jay, I think he's going to be the starter for the Mavericks. Bold prediction right now. Okay. Maybe not bold, but I just think that's going to be the situation. Absolutely. Especially at the price point that he, he's getting. At the price – they're paying him as a starting center. Man. My ja- opinion. JaVale McGee, man. <laughs> Back yeah. when he was on Jackson all the time. Man, man. Yeah. Shout, definitely shout Come out. Come a long way since then. Came a long way. Facts, Jay. I was about to say that. Shout out JaVale. Um, and then, Jay, for, 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 for this next team, I personally really don't have too much to say for the Pistons. I just want to give a quick shout out because I just feel like, man, like Kevin Knox, I, I've liked him since high school. Uh, he's he I feel like he's been given up on Marvin Bagley the Kings are just a terrible organization uh, so like they did, didn't even really give him a chance so I love the fact that the Pistons are now giving these these guys a chance but besides that I just kind of wanted to mention that I think Marvin Bagley still can pan out to be a great player in this league young guy um, I don't know if you got anything to add to that yeah no I think I think they situation is definitely looking up in, in Detroit they got young talent I think the backcourt I loved as we we talked about earlier on our last you know NBA episode we did and Jaden Ivey loved that backcourt I think it's going to be cold uh I love, like Jalen Duran um and the rest of the young core obviously Sadiq Bey took a huge step last year so uh, yeah things are looking up in Detroit and I do like the fact that you know Kevin Knox and Marvin Bagley guys who have been up and down careers, high draft picks who haven't really panned out or getting an opportunity. Um, and, and it's a good, because it really fits the timeline. Like you mentioned, uh, being a younger team g- growing together, the growing pains. So uh, it's going to be, be exciting to see what, what they can do um, in Detroit, Jay. Man, Jay, I'm right there with you, my brother. But uh, let's get to the next team, Jay. Let's get to the next team, and that is your Golden State Warriors, Jay. They brought in Dante DiVincenzo, which is a perfect move. Just one of those, like, 
one of those things that's like, man, this happened. I didn't know I needed this, you know what I'm saying, type stuff. And I think that's going to work out amazing spot of, uh, you could be a spot of shooter. You could be that guard. You give Clay, you know, break at times. Uh, and they also bring in Jermichael Green, also a big that can fit the system. Um, I think I would think to him, he's like a better um um, Bielitsa, like a way better Bielitsa. I like, I know, I like, you know, I love Bielitsa a lot last year, but I think Jermichael Green's going to come right in, fit into the system, and the Warriors are really going to, uh, again, you know, be a top, top contender. And um, honestly, arg- arguably for doubling back this year. But Jay, talk to me about how you feel about your Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I I love I like I love the signing of the big ragu, uh, <laughs> aka white chocolate, aka Dante Divincenzo. I think that's a great signing. Dude's a dude's a proven winner. He's won with uh, he won in college. He won in uh, with Milwaukee, although he wasn't a part of that playoff run um, when they won the title in in twenty twenty. But uh, excuse me, 2021. But he was a huge part of what they did, kind of an off guard and and off ball player with uh with with Giannis kind of running the show sometimes but he was a huge part of what they did in the regular season um but I think they're able to get him at a discount um because of his injury track record but a dude I think who's really gonna thrive in this system because he doesn't need the ball he's gonna he has that Villanova mentality of just working playing hard being a system playing knowing knows what it takes to play in a system and he has uh, he's shot three shoots 35% from the field and uh, 33% from the three point line for his career, uh, excuse me, 41% from the, from the field goal line um, and 34% from the three point line on his career. But I think those numbers are only going to go up, right? He might be close to 40% because he's going to have a lot more time on a shot and, uh, and where he also thrives, Jay, is cutting and moving without the ball. Like I was able to look at some of his film and how he scores um, and what better team to thrive with than the Warriors, a team who prides themselves on that back cuts, moving without the ball because of their leader, Stephen Curry, Jay. And then Jermichael Green, I think, is a, a good uh, pickup, a guy that they need to – I don't think he's as good um, as Otto Porter, but he's kind of like in between of what uh, Gary Payton and they lost there and Otto Porter. So it's a guy that they needed to sign. And I love his versatility and the dog mentality he has, Jay. But I don't know about the Warriors. And we're not going to get too much into the the regular season and, and predictions and stuff. Because we'll do that, obviously, later as a season. Which we're actually, what, 25 days out from the Warriors' right actually there. first preseason game, right? And uh, Japan against the Wizards, Jay. So we're less than a month away from, from the NBA season, Jay. But uh, one thing I have to say is I think the Warriors may take a step back in the regular season just simply off the fact that they're going to really be integrating and putting more prowess on Moses Moody, who I think is the most ready of these three players that I'm about to mention. But Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and James Wiseman, they're going to be leaning more on those young guys and also integrating Dante DiVincenzo, who I think is a quick plug-in guy. I don't think it's going to take much integration, but those three guys, Jay, there's going to be a growing process and with growing sometimes comes growing pains. So I don't know if they're going to be come off to 
a hot start like they did last year, because I think that it's going to take a bit of an adjustment. Um, and I think those guys are going to get close to 20, 25 minutes a game um, and get more rotation uh, rotation minutes because Otto Porter is not there. Gary Payton's not there. Uh, Nemanja Bielitsa is not there, who was in and out of the rotation, but he's still not there. And those are going to be Wiseman's minutes. So I think they're going to take a step back in the regular season, Jay, like a three, four seed. Um, but they're they're ready. They're worried about the the playoffs and having the guys ready for that. But that's my initial thoughts on the on the Warriors, Jay. Man, we 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 know what they do come playoffs, Jay. It's 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 a it's a bit kind of like how we were talking last season. Um, I I don't know if it was on camera, or off camera. You man mentioned to me that the Warriors weren't really as worried as getting that number one seed, and the Suns mm-hmm. kind of you know went went mm-hmm. went went berserk and were regular season champions, but. You know, if you're not going for that title, what are you doing? Uh, so yeah, I mean, the rich get the rich got richer, Jay. The the the, the champs, you know, what I'm saying, can't nobody deny that the champs this year, uh, this last season, they just just got richer with Dante Divincenzo and Michael Green. Man, all right, for sure. Yeah, sneaky. Yeah, sneaky pickup, sneaky pickup for sure. For sure, for sure, man. All right, Jason, well, uh, while, well, while we're talking about. Um, the Warriors, you know what I'm saying? Not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's it's their enemies. But little bro, uh, little bro. I'd say little bro. I'd say little bro for now. Little bro, little bro, little bro definitely little, little bro. Little bro for now. Absolutely little bro for now. Let's get to the Grizzlies, Jay. Uh, not No big splashes, uh, but they did uh, get Danny Green free agency. I think that's just a great veteran player. I mean, they're. They're they're a little bro because they're young, you know, and they, and they haven't beat it. They haven't beat the Warriors yet, but they're also just an extremely young team. And uh, a lot of people talk about the Grizzlies last season with uh, they're playing with house money. Oh, they're just they're they're just there. They're these young cats. They don't even know what they're getting themselves into. I think a player like Danny Green, a proven proven winner, um, can I think he's a three time champion actually. So uh, he can absolutely bring a lot of just calm and ease in a situation like that but Danny Green I think as a player is not what what he used to be yeah and we won't get into it too much now oh yeah Danny Green good pickup probably out for the season though obviously with this ACL tear but I um last season and playoffs unfortunately because of Joel Embiid and it, and it flailing and flopping all over the place getting his teammates injured but I will say with the Grizzlies those are my early step back candidates uh, because of Jaron Jackson. Um, he's a huge part of what they do on the defensive end, offensive end with his weird shot that just somehow finds a way to go in uh, from the three-point line and his ability to stretch the floor. But I think him being out, Jay, is going to be a huge, huge miss and a huge uh, absence for the Grizzlies. And I think early on, while he's out um, to start the season with his foot injury, I think that the Grizzlies aren't going to be as successful Um I ultimately they got Tyus Jones, who they signed back. But Jay, we've seen this team with Ja Morant be successful out. But in the regular season, I think they might miss Jaron Jackson more than they miss uh, Ja Morant. That might be a wild thing to say, but we've seen that what Jaron Jackson and his ability to protect the rim, um, and his ability to stretch the floor as a big man does for this Grizzlies team. Um, and they struggle ultimately when he's off the floor and gets into foul trouble. So uh, I think that's going to be my early uh, step back candidates uh, for the Grizzlies. I like that, Jay. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 
I, and I feel what you're saying. I'm, yes, John Moran is the best player on that team, hands down. Mm-hmm. There's no no debate mm-hmm. about it. But with a backup player like like Tyus Jones and with with what they can do, they can replace. Mm-hmm. They can sit. They can emulate what John Morant brings, but they can't replace what, what you know what Triple J brings. So I I, yeah. I feel you on that point, my brother. Yeah, and DeAnthony Melton. I think that was a huge Man. loss. Uh, he was he was so big for them in the in the playoffs and and throughout the season too. And I can't forget about him, DeAnthony Melton. Huge loss for the Grizzlies and a huge pickup for the for the uh, Sixers. Drew League champion, <laughs> Drew yeah. League champion. So yeah. shout out DeAnthony. Uh, but all right, Jay, let's go ahead and keep it uh keep it pushing to uh, the Timberwolves. You know, we touched on this a bit. Uh, they had that haul of a trade. Uh, Timberwolves ended up getting. Rudy Gobert, the Jazz got some of these players have already been moved around since then. The Jazz ended up getting Malik Beasley, um, Patrick Beverly, um, uh, Walker Kessler, which was the, the 22nd pick in this this 2022 mm-hmm. draft. Jared Vanderbilt, five first round picks. Uh, I still, you know, I, I'm now it makes a little more sense because now I clearly see that the Jazz are tanking, um, mm-hmm. but. From the Timberwolves' perspective, I need to see it work, man. Like, like, mm-hmm. I, yes, Cat can play that four, but is Cat going to keep up with, you know, these players on the perimeter? Like, what are they going to do when teams go extremely small? And, like, I, I understand they're going to try to go extremely big. I get it. But when mm-hmm. you get pulled out by a team, like, you know, I, I kind of think – I mean, th- no team has done it since then, but – that prime time warriors. And when they really started the, and initiated the small ball, what if a team put, pulls something like that out the, uh, out, out the bag? I don't know that cat is going to be able to keep up with those players in the perimeter. And I think that's ultimately going to lead to exactly what was happening in, in, uh, in, uh, in Utah players keep getting mm-hmm. blown by. And then it's just up to Rudy Gobert to save the day, save the day, save the day. And uh, I just, I really don't see how it's going to work. I'm expecting D'Lo to take a huge jump. I want D'Lo to take a huge jump this year. Um, the uh, excuses on excuses on excuses for that guy. Uh, so I need him to be definitely be consistent. But as far as Rudy Gobert, Jay, uh, I'm feeling low key like that Hawks thing. I need to see it. I need to see it, man. Because right now on paper, I don't see how it's going to work. To be honest, how you feeling about that, Jay? Yeah, I think uh, the, the it's it's really going to be a matter of how. Yeah, how the, the adjustments made for the Timberwolves. I don't think it makes them that much better. I think they will be a better regular season team than a playoff team, though, because Rudy Gobert, we've seen how effective and dominant he is uh, in the playoffs, or excuse me, in the regular season, and how ineffective and how he gets played off the floor in the in the playoffs. Um, so in the regular season, I think the, the uh, Timberwolves are going to be great because they have the two Twin Towers and they have – defensively they're going to funnel guys into Rudy Gobert like you said but it's going to I think just in in the uh, postseason it's going to get exposed so it's going to be a problem for them and I do think uh, sneaky you talk about sneaky differences in players I love Jared Vanderbilt man his his ability to uh, affect the game without scoring rebounding defensively uh, diving on loose balls, making those 50-50 plays. So I think they're going to miss him. They're going to miss Patrick Beverly Beverly and his defensive prowess and his ability to affect the game um, in multiple ways, 
both offensively, defensively, and knock down open shots. So addition by subtraction, Jay, sometimes, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case for the Timberwolves. But I think they'll have a better regular season than playoffs. Um, They honestly might even be like a one-and-done situation like they were last year. I don't know if they're going to be any better than that, depending on what seed they get. But I do look for Anthony Edwards to take a serious uh, leap in his third season in NBA. I'm expecting a breakout all-star campaign from him. Yeah, he's got He's got to be the guy on that team for the for, mm-hmm. for that team to go. Uh, and yeah, I love what you said, Jay, about the playoffs. And ultimately, it's like I always say: if you're not competing for your championship, you know what are you doing, man? So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and keep it pushing and get to the New York Knicks. Another team that just makes silly moves on silly moves. Uh, they ended up signing uh, Jalen Brunson to that four-year, $104 million contract. In my opinion, this is it's not going to work. Uh, I, I've said I said this when we were um, when we were talking about, uh, well, where's Jalen Brunson going to go and is he going to get this bag? Like he should have stayed in 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 on the and the Mavs. The Mavs, you know, should have definitely paid him. But I he, the focal point, like a six-one guard. It's not going to work in the playoffs, man. It's not going to work when when they start trapping you. When you start getting traps with these six 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 four players coming all over you, it's just I I, I don't think it's I don't think that that that's going to work out. Also, the Knicks just are all, all types of different directions. Last year, they were committed on Julius Randle being the guy and him taking taking over the team, and then he had his he had his struggles, and then now they're just switching up this year to Jalen Brunson. What's going to happen with that? RJ Barrett definitely is going to want is you know going to want his shine, going to want his uh, his shots. But with Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, I don't see it. I you know I don't I, I don't see it working out. Uh, so that's why I think it was a silly move for the Knicks to make Jalen Brunson the guy. I uh, don't think I don't think they're going to really be any better than than they were last year. Maybe get off to a hot start, but at the end of the season, gonna you know end up same place. How, how you feeling about that, Jay? Yeah, I I just got to double back on, you know, if you're not what you said about if you're not competing for a championship, then then what are you doing? I will say that's that's somewhat true, but not really true, in my opinion, because there's Jay, there's 30 teams in the NBA. Only one team can win a title. And I think some some teams like the Timberwolves, who barely had any success, um, haven't made the playoffs since I believe before last year year was like 2000 uh they made it in 2016 and then before that they it was like 2004 or something that's why some real long playoff (laughs) yeah right so so it was a um it was a long playoff drought right so I think for some teams like that you're just paying for for relevancy and you want to have some consistently of 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 making the playoffs and being somewhat in the mix of being a contender but not really a contender right because I think some for some franchises that's enough, right? They got a new owner group in uh, in Minnesota, and for the Knicks, I think that's that's also another team that wants to be relevant, wants to make the playoffs consistently, make a first, second round um, appearance, because that to them's like a, a championship in its in itself for a fan base like that, because. New York, you got to win consistently, right? You got to be in the playoff mix, I think, or the t- or the fans, are, you're going to get just crapped on, right? If you're those franchises, there's those owners. So for some teams, it's just being relevant. It's being in the playoff conversation. It's making the playoffs. That's the title for them. And then there's that 
you'd say consistently and realistically probably four or five teams or four probably four or five teams who legitimately have a legitimate shot of winning an NBA championship every year and those are the teams with like the top five uh players in the NBA and then the rest they're they don't really have a chance to win win an NBA championship so it's like half truth, half a little bit to your statement about uh, that. And the Knicks, to, to answer your question, I know I said some other stuff, but I don't think this deal makes them any better or any contender. Definitely not. But I think it maybe makes them a shot to be like a play-in team um, knocking on the door of being like a top eight seed, top nine seed with this playing game. So. Got you, man. Yeah, no, for for for, for sure with the Knicks. Uh, I, I I'll, I'll say I'll say this with the with the Timberwolves. You're you are right about that. At the end of the day, you know you gotta kind of you you haven't made the playoffs. You gotta you gotta get the ball rolling somewhere. So uh, I definitely definitely will give you that. But I just feel like with with the Knicks, man, being in such a huge market like that, having a player like Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, now bringing mm-hmm. in bringing bringing in Jalen Brunson, Cam Reddish. I honestly forgot about Cam Reddish too. Uh, I, I man, I just think I, you 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 got to go for it, man. I think it, like in those markets, I think now you know the Warriors have became a huge market. Like Warriors always got to go for it. Lakers got to go for it. Uh, Knicks got to go for it. Bulls should be going for it. I, in, like in my opinion, every like every single year. And um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think that the Knicks uh, Knicks owner is just okay with the with being relevant and and you know just barely making that making that playoffs, which is which is which is sad. Which is sad, man. We we want to see winners. We want to see winners. But let's go. Let's go ahead and keep it pushing, though. Jay, the Seventy Sixers don't got much to say. Shout out my boy PJ Tucker. Yeah, yeah. I said it earlier in the pod. Uh, getting his bag, dog, like three year, 33 million at 37. I mean, he's my guy's gonna be making about like 11 million a year at 40 years old, dog. Shout out, PJ Tucker. Uh, and then also, I've been watching a lot of Rico Hines, been watching a lot of these offseason runs. I think James Harden is coming back. He's gonna look so good this year, man. Again, I know Rico Hines doesn't always translate uh, to, to, to the NBA. I actually had to eat my eat my statement a couple of years ago when Marvin Bagley was a rookie. So I was like, no, I saw him playing Rico Hines. He's gonna win rookie of the year. Did I did that clearly didn't <laughs> didn't pan out. Uh so with James Harden, you know, he is looking good. He's gonna be paired up with Joel Embiid. Uh just I just want to see if um if if the drive is gonna be in him because that's always been the question on James Harden is the mm. the inner motor, you know what I'm saying? Is he is he gonna get it going? Um, and being in a city like Philly, a lot, a lot of distractions, man. So let's see if uh, James Harden is going to be able to hone it in. But shout out, shout out, PJ Tucker. You got anything to add for the 76ers, my brother? No, nah, I think uh, they're going to be a. It, it, if James Harden's ready to ball out, man, he, he's he's looking like you said, he's looking in shape. If he comes into training camp ready to go, the Sixers have a have a serious shot to make some noise in the East and definitely be contenders, right? So. Um, and I, and I, and I want to see more from Joel Embiid, right? I think sometimes he gets lit off, lit off the hook, uh, too easy. Right. Especially with James Harden there. Now I want to see Joel Embiid make a, some serious strides, not settle, um, flop. Yeah. Get rid of that flopping. Cause he literally took out, um, 
Danny Green, right? Because of all of his antics and staying on the floor. You can't tell me you're that big and you're getting pushed yeah. off the body and trying to sell calls like that. So play straight up, play, play uh physical body through contact. Don't don't fall over and, and foul bait and all that. I'll play the game the right way and be um and, and I think that the Sixers can be a force to reckon with. Like I said earlier, James uh PJ Tucker, love the addition of him. DeAnthony Melton was a great addition um, off the bench. They're going to have to at uh, Doc Rizzo's going to have at his uh, disposable dispose next year. Tyrese Maxey look for him to take a step um, in his third year. Right. Um, so let's see what Philly can do, man. It's their time. They got to be contenders this year or, you know, you got to look, start looking for other options. Right. I, they're definitely win now compete now got to be title contenders this year if you're a philly they gotta be jay right there right. with you i mean that's all i right you gotta be title contenders this year it's been yeah too many too many years of i feel like joel and b dominance to not mm-hmm. you know it's you you talk about the importance of how small that championship window is i think joel and b is definitely he's definitely a star player that can be a champ like a championship player but you need to fill him with with you know with the right people around him man so mm-hmm. right there with you my brother for this last team, Jay, the Blazers, I, I need your help on this, Jay. I need your help because honestly, I, I so when when they first got Jeremy Grant, I was like, this doesn't move the needle. This this, this doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like you just gotta. Uh, we saw what Jeremy Grant did uh, when he had his own team when he was on when he was on the Denver Nuggets. Oh man, he'd look great as a fourth third option. But mm-hmm. when he when he kind of had his own team on the Pistons, it didn't look great at all. But I, I'm not gonna lie, Jay. I look, I look, I'm looking at the Blazers roster right here. And I'm th- I'm not saying they're contenders, but look, Dame, they got Yusuf Nurkic who came back, who I thought he wasn't going to come back, but he came back. Anthony Simons is going to take a big jump, huge jump. Jeremy Grant, who can you know be that role player. Josh Hart, who can absolutely be that knockdown shooter role player. Gary Payton II, second. We know what he can do. Justice Winslow, but I, so I I generally don't know how I feel about him, Jay. Like how how. How are you feeling about the Blazers? Are they going to be the same, same letdown, or, or how are you feeling about this, Jay? I'm, I'm a little confused right now, to be honest. Are you saying? Are you asking in terms of are they going to be serious contenders, or going to be playoff team, or I'm, playing I'm, well, team? What are, are you, they playing? Will what's they be the a struggle, Jay? Will, <laughs> will they be a playing play-in team? team? Yeah, playing team. I, I think that they're going to be a playing team. Uh, I don't see them as a solidified top six seed in the East and the West next year. Uh, it's going to be contingent upon Dame um, and his willingness to play off ball. And I always give the comparison to Steph, but, and I say that in, in the same light as Trey Young too, and their willingness to play off the ball um, and move without the ball and be not always be the point of attack uh, ball handler and playmaker because when the when those guys, especially being at that size and being a smaller guy in the NBA, if you're willing to move without the ball, especially when you have the shooting capability of like a Trey Young, like a Stephen Curry, like Damian Lillard, then you're just so hard. That's so much puts so much pressure on the defense because they got to worry about you moving without the ball. And then you have a playmaker and a budding like uh, score like Inferni Simons. Um, to worry about in his prowess um, on the ball. And then you add into the mix, like you said, Jeremy Grant, 
who's a great third kind of fourth option to have offensively. And then is also a great defender to you add lengthy defender. And then you still have Nurkic and those guys. So to answer your question, I definitely think the the Blazers are going to be a lot better team, uh, just strictly off the fact that you hope and you assume that they're going to be healthier this year than they were. They, it's also their second year under Chauncey Billups, so you have that familiarity uh, between the players and everything. And then, yeah, they made some some good additions. Uh, Gary Payton's going to be a great guy to pay, play, pair with Dame um, and his ability to you know move without the ball affect the game, play above the rim, guard other teams' best uh, perimeter to, uh, offensive players. So love the additions. Don't know if it moves the needle that much, but a solid eight, nine, at best, like six seed if they really hit on all cylinders. But I would say I'd be comfortable saying they're about an eight, nine seed. Um in our preseason predictions, but we'll see man, when we get yeah. there. Man. We'll see, see man. When we get there. We will see right, when Jay? we get there, man. Man, yeah. I, I and I and I think that that's a great way for us to go ahead and start to wrap it up here, Jay. I mean, as like how you said, we're twenty five days away from the first season, uh, from the first uh, you know season opener here with uh, the Warriors. Yeah. yeah, the preseason opener we here with the mm-hmm. Warriors. Um, I'm real. I'm real excited, Jay. I'm really excited for the season to start. Um, but you know, it, it was just important for us. You know, we you know we had some of the family uh, hitting us up on on Instagram asking us, you know, could, hey, can we get some? Could we get some review? Could you, you know talk about this? So that's you know that's really the you know the biggest point of this episode. We wanted to talk about all this craziness uh, kind of going on in this off season so far. And for the family out there, man, know that we got a lot more on the way. Not only do we have tons of tons of you know players uh player interviews but you know we all me and jay we about to get season cracking again get these uh weekly episodes going you know just me and my brother man so you know definitely look, definitely look forward to that um but my brother jay do you got any last words to say uh for before we get out of here my brother no i know uh yeah the season's it's so close so so close we can taste touch it um i'm ready for it uh i think this is gonna be a a great year for the nba i think it's another one of those seasons you got a balance of powers right and i think it's one of those ones you really don't know who's gonna win it there's a lot of moving storylines i think the news the trade news is like i said earlier i don't think it's done i think there might be one more deal before the season starts or a few more deals but Let's get it started, man. Let's get it popping. And and don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, follow us on YouTube. Uh, excuse me. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Um, get at us there. And also check out merchandise, which we'll be posting about more. But we have that up and live. You can get uh, shirts. You can get hoodies right now. Clutch Talk Apparel. And we're also changing our logo. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and that will be changing as well. So, yeah, if you want to tap in with us on merchandise, support the family. Uh, we appreciate that, too. And we'll be making more announcements about that as well, man. So that's all I got to say. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Y'all heard my boy, Jay, man. So y'all go ahead and get ready for this fire season content. And uh, for now, that's it. We out of here, y'all. Let's talk out. Peace.